or who we feel uh, like God has called us to be is not the, like a regimented approach to actually what God is doing amongst us. Um, and so this morning, I'm just reminded of just even in the happenings of this week, um, what the Lord has been doing amongst us. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um, so sorry, has no clue. I'm going to ask you to come and share on that. Um, but uh, <laughs> she, she, it's probably better for her. Um, she doesn't like uh, speaking too much in front, but she's incredible at it. So sorry, can you come and share on just your, what you felt God drop in your heart, just in, in line with His presence uh, here this morning as you left the prayer room when you said you were praying to Him and what you, what you felt God drop in your heart? Yeah, morning, everyone. Um, I was just in my quiet time praying, and um, I had such an, just this experience of his presence, and then he just dropped in my heart. Uh, sometimes when I pray, and I leave, then I leave and go about my day, and he said, I must remind, um, just remind to take him with me, because sometimes you just leave him in the prayer room, and then you go about your day, um, yeah, trying to do it out of your own strength, and yeah, that's, that's it. So, so why? why? Why did I ask her to share that? I think, you know, it's, it's important for us to recognize when there's a time like that, like a sweet time, and I'm actually trusting God that actually afterwards we would make good use of Mike and Shani and actually say, hey man, come back up, let's, you know, let's go back into that time. I'm trusting for that. But I did feel like um, there was something that was highlighted just in, in what Sasari shared, and actually we're supposed to be those who would carry His presence with us wherever we go. Wherever we go. And um, Exodus 33, um, I think it's 13. I'm going to try and find it here. I'm on the spot. Um, there we go. So, so basically, Moses is sent to a uh, He's trying to lead a stiff-necked generation. That's the context of this, into the, into the promised land. And he says here, um, And Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. You can see, like, uh, Moses, he's seeing God face to face. And he's going, consider God, these are your people. I'm, you know, you're asking me to do this. Um, and I've lost my, my place. Um, and he says, uh, he said, my presence will go with you. This is the Lord speaking. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up, up from out of here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? Isn't that beautiful? It's like, you know, you could see the heart of Moses there in a moment just going, no, 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 God, like I know that you said your favor is going to be with me. I know I found favor in your sight. But if I'm taking these people, this stiff-necked generation of people into the promised land, black, don't ask us to come out of this place unless your presence goes with us. Please, Father, isn't it the, isn't it the very thing that sets us apart? Um, it makes us distinct from every other nation on this earth as your people. It's totally what I did not prep this morning. <laughs> but I just wanted to actually highlight that is that that very, I don't know if you, if you recognize that as I just looked across the room this morning, and I saw people actually just encountering Jesus, you know. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think, you know, it's sometimes what a hundred preachers couldn't do can be done in a moment in His presence. And we can't, we don't want to be those who actually just rush through that. But actually we want to be those who, who are tentative to what He's doing amongst us. That there's, we, we're cultivating that amongst us and some of what I actually want to share on today. Um, so should I get to my actual notes? I don't even know where I am, Sorry. Um, Mike, he doesn't, also didn't know really I was going to ask him to share. Mike Feet, why don't you just come and share just quickly uh, that, that moment that you had this week. I think it's uh, semi-applicable to where we are. Uh, well, not where we are, but maybe just a, a little bit of a warning. Yeah, we had quite an interesting week. We were supposed to go overseas to, to look at some property and things like that. And 
we got to the airport in Frankfurt and the border security says, uh uh, we're turning around going home. So we did that and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were there and back. And as we got over I switched on my phone as we got over Cape Town and I looked at my phone and there's like about half a dozen messages on my phone that morning. Um, so even as, of, as soon as the, phone, the plane landed, I phoned up, it was a guy that's putting up some walling on, on a property we're building here. And he says to me, I'm putting the wall on the back, on the back, is that right? So I said, no, it must be on the side. So he says, but there is a wall on the side. So I said, then are you on the right plot? So he says, maybe not. And he had, and he had put the, the wall on the, he was starting to build a wall on the, on the neighbor's plot. So, yeah, I think what, what we learned out of that is we've got to build where God wants us to build. And if the builder is not there, which is me, I wasn't there, the things can go wrong very quickly. Houses can get built, foundations get, can get built on the wrong plot. So we've got to be very careful and very sure of where God wants us to build and where he's building into us. And I think that's the, that's the key to it. Um, you know, we, as a builder, I always say, yeah, we've got to make sure our foundations are firm and things like that. And if you've got a handle on it, it's never happened to us before, but if you've got a handle on it, everything is built properly. But as soon as you're away and you step away from where the, where the builder, where God wants us to be, that's where things go wrong very, very quickly. And yeah, I think that's just a, a very visual reminder for me. We've got to be exactly on that plot where God wants us to build. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Sure. It's amazing, eh? Even, even in the bad, how God can speak uh, and turn it for the good. <laughs> he must love you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we love you. <laughs> but um, yeah, this morning, I actually, um, who's the architect? Maybe it's a good question to ask in the beginning. Who is the architect? Does anyone know? <laughs> God's the architect. Okay. And he, put, and he actually, um, you know, in many, we, we touched on it this week, or Andrew touched on it, you know, that Paul was revealed the mystery of the gospel and actually would later refer to himself as a master builder. Um, and, and actually then it says to all the rest of us, be careful how we build. Be careful how we build. And I know we've touched on this before, but I just find it, you know, um, in, in prepping this, I was kind of like, oh God, where do you, where do you want to, so to give a little bit of background, I actually had prepped to preach on something completely different. Um, and uh, I, even, I even spoke to, to Mike about it. I said, hey, this is where I'm thinking. Maybe we could um, look at the, the songs. I spoke to this Mike about it. We had like a little Mike uh, trio going here and just going, you know. And, uh, and I, I didn't actually message either of them because I actually didn't know where God had, in a sense, landed or was leading us yet. And, um, and the, the awesome thing was I was actually going to I was going to preach on His presence, and, I, and I'm hoping that actually there's something, somewhat of His presence, well, I know that there's somewhat of His presence here this morning, that's actually even going to make what I'm, uh, the different aspects that I'm going to touch on this morning uh, easier for us to swallow. <laughs> um, and uh, so actually, a presence, His presence is just so much a part of what we are called to carry here on earth. Um, and uh, uh, so I'm looking forward to this. I, I kind of cross-check, I often cross-check things with my wifey um, because she's very gracious, she's mercy-hearted, and often I would go, hey, this is the title of this preach, and I love giving a little title to a preach, why not? Um, and uh, why are you laughing, Josh? Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like sometimes a little bit, and it's not about that, but, and I said, you know, lost the plot, have we lost the plot? And she's like, oh, maybe that's a little bit, you know, it's just take, take one or two steps, you're getting a little bit excited here. But I, I want to say, I want to say, actually, off the back of that thing, if I had to entitle this something, it would, pro- it would probably be that we are being built together, being built together. And, um, but I also want to go, guys, we need to make sure that we haven't lost the plot, <laughs> because we can begin to build actually off the very foundations that have been laid for us. Those are familiar faces. How's it, mom, dad? <laughs> and uh, where all of a sudden, you know, what starts to happen is we start to arrive at uh, church late. And um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know them. I know them. <laughs> I grew up with them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw a lesson in it somewhere. <laughs> 
And so, and so this morning, you know, I want to actually pick up when I say, have we lost the plot? You know, here's Mike talking about, you know, he's away for a couple of days, and all of a sudden, the land that he's purchased and that he's building on, he is a builder. Um, he's flying in, and he's getting these calls from the guys. Listen, we've, we, we're going to put the wall here, and he's like, no, that's the wrong place. And I think sometimes we need to come back to the architect and actually build off what the master builders have built, the foundation that is firm, and go, okay, we're going to build here. And so often we, we start to put stakes in the ground that maybe are not even on the foundation that we're supposed to be building off. And uh, this morning I actually want to just run through a couple of scriptures. But the heart of this morning, in a world that I, th- I feel is actually so centered or so, um, I almost want to say sensitive towards uh, autonomy and individualism and doing everything ourselves and uh, building a life for ourselves. And once you've built that life for yourself, well, don't let anyone in. You know, because it's your life, and you worked hard for that life. <laughs> and it's, but it's not God's way. <laughs> it's not God's way, and we're going to take a look at that. Um, Jenny and Donny, uh, you guys are a massive blessing, eh? <laughs> As I see you here now. <laughs> Big blessing. Lord's upon you guys, eh? <laughs> We've known it from the beginning, um, but to see... Um, often we think, you know, church is about, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but it's, it's gone. Um, church is about, you know, creating an atmosphere uh, for His presence, actually. It's to, to and we're going to touch on it, it's actually building something around, being able to host the presence of God, a dwelling place for Him to live by His Spirit. And as, we, as I consider this, you know, you, you would often think of the person that's up front here doing this, but they've been here since 10 laying out chairs, and they're meticulous with laying out chairs. The chairs you're sitting in. <laughs> it's no lesser than this. It's actually creating a space for people to come and to dwell in the presence of God. <laughs> so everything from the curtains to the coffee to the whatever, um, it's all creating room and space for, mm, sorry, <laughs> it's all creating space for actually uh, His presence to dwell here amongst us. I just want to confirm what Mike is saying. <laughs> um, when I look at you guys, I see such a, you've probably heard the phrase, day and night. We've seen such a day and night shift in you. And the scripture that comes to mind is that he's called us out of darkness into his glorious light. And he's done that for you guys. Just in the little time we've known you, he really has transformed you. Like when we look at you guys and when we speak of you guys, we're so encouraged by the work that Jesus is doing in you because it has been a day and night transformation. And I know you guys feel it. You don't feel the same. You don't look the same. And we are better for it. And we're so thankful to the Lord for adding you to us because he's building his church through you. Yeah. Mm, thanks, Pams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier going with a plan. <laughs> this, uh, this might feel a little bit shotgun this morning, but, but I do believe it's God. It's God actually moving amongst His people. Um, and so, so this morning, actually, the, the very thing that I want to look at, the pillar that I feel actually needs to be somewhat established again, and actually something that I would say in Azervantain could be one of the greatest strengths, is community. Community. Community living. So everything that points away from the autonomy and the individualistic mindset and the build a life for yourself. And, and we're going to go through a scripture. I don't know if you've read it before. I've read it once or twice, okay? But it's in Acts 2.44. Okay. If you've been here amongst us, even since the beginning, you probably would have, we've been here eight months, you would have heard it at least three or four times a month, somewhere. And, uh, and it is. It's because actually we're looking at a people that have caught somewhat of the heart of God, like um, you know, they've picked up something and they're living a certain way and it's actually everything in it just displays the glory of who He is. And so let's look at it together. Acts 2.44, we'll start, not 2.42, normally. And it said, all who believed, what's the next words? Were together and had all things in common. All who, were, who believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to any as had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. 
And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And um, I do believe, actually, in this town, in Azevontane, you know, the very thing that the Lord said to me, I don't know if you know this, but actually when we looked at planting here, I spoke to a couple of people and they thought, you know, Azevontane is actually it's very much one of those, you know, small holiday towns that you can almost throw up a billboard and just go big, man. People rock up just because it's like that kind of town. And I, I must say something like, something died in me. Yeah. I was like, oh no, that's, it's so, it's so not, I want to say who I am. I was willing to do it if God wanted to do it for sure. But uh, I prayed about it and I actually felt God say, the harvest is ripe. And I was like, oh wow, you know, that's cool. But he said, be careful how you pick the fruit. Be careful how you pick the fruit. There's certain ways that actually you can bruise it. Be gentle, be careful. And, and the, the very mandate that he gave was get into people's hearts and into their homes. Actually, the other way around. Into their homes and into their hearts. And as that happens, we'll start to see somewhat of uh, his nature starting to play out. And, and the, he will draw people to himself. But it's actually within the homes. And so I actually want to call us, in a sense, back to that. <laughs> and what we're going to touch on is very, I uh, almost want to say basic, but it's, it's almost, um, I said to Cindy this morning, we're discussing couple things, and I said, it feels like God for a moment is, He said, okay, just stop, in a, in a sense, preaching vision, although I think it may, may be that, <laughs> but, it, but it's actually, uh, we, we're taking some time, we're taking some time to actually just stop, pause for a moment, uh, consider the family we're in, consider how He's knitting people together, how He's doing things in certain people's lives, and then, Lord, how do we position ourselves in that way so that you can continue to build? Instead of just going and going and going and looking back and like, yes, what have we done over the last? Just stop for a moment. It's almost like a little bit of housekeeping. <laughs> and um, uh, I heard this one said, it says, when consecrated men and women stop carrying the presence of God correctly, that's when we're in trouble. When consecrated men and women, and what I mean by that is, do you know that we were actually uh, let's actually read the scriptures easier that way. And this is the point that I want to try and make is, you know, we can try and meet in homes and we can try and do it a different way and we can, but it actually, those are all the things that we do, but it needs to become who we are. It's who we are before what we do. And so the Lord has called us actually into family. <laughs> and so it's, it's incredible, you know, like the guys in there, they, as I've said, mentioned many times before, the kids' church workers and the guys who have given themselves to spending time with the kids, those, those lessons uh, that they're teaching him, them in there, it's not any lesser than actually what's being taught out here. It's actually setting them up for, for what's to come. And um, that's a beautiful thing, man. That's training the next generation, and, and I, um, we'll touch on that. But First Peter 2 verses 4, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. So there's a sense that we come to him, it's like this broken and cracked vessel. <laughs> and as I said last week, it's like eventually as he fills us and we get to know him a little bit better and we, he starts to use us, it's like we begin to leak some out of his glory, despite the cracks. And that's why I want to encourage us, man, if it feels like you're just full of cracks, <laughs> all the more that you would leak somewhat of his glory, somewhat of his presence. And um, as we come to him, it's like, man, we, sometimes we're a mess. I, rem I remember when I came to him. I was a wreck, man. I was a mess. I was thinking, yes, Lord, how, are you, how the heck are you ever going to use this vessel, you know? And as we come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. And he says in, uh, in 2 verses 5, you yourselves like living stone, stones. So as we come to him, singular. And then he, he picks up in verse 5, and you yourselves like living stones, plural. So he joins us together, and there's the sense of, actually, as we're being built up into a spiritual house, this verse goes on to say, built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so we are being built into a house. We are a holy priesthood, and our purpose, offer spiritual sacrifices. When consecrated men and women stop carrying the presence of God correctly, we've got a problem. We're, we're the priesthood. What would the priests actually do? <laughs> what was their main, what, what was their allotment in life? The Levites. 
their inheritance was? Come on. Their inheritance was God. It's like they apportioned distributed land to different tribes. And it comes to the Levites, and actually there's a sense of, well, actually your inheritance is God. And so from that day, they, they are the ones that actually carry the very presence of God on them. And the problem is with us is like, we, I spoke speaking to my dad this week about it. Is that we, we in our, um, I almost want to say, it's not even a Western society, in our brokenness, we think that actually as we receive, eventually further down the line, as the presence arrived, which was, or was taken on the ox cart and received back on the ox cart, we think it's actually okay to just, well, it's just easier that way. Let's just carry it that way, you know? And actually it's, um, David later go on to, to say that, uh, you, you guys who were supposed to carry it, um, we actually did not inquire of the Lord. We did not inquire as to the prescribed way. He's asked us to carry it in a prescribed way. And so this morning, we need to see that actually we are being built into that spiritual house, that this is a priesthood of believers, each one with a role to fulfill. And that our role is to offer spiritual sacrifice. What preceded the ark? I mean, the, yeah, the, the presence of God. What preceded the ark all the time? His presence. Dancing. Leaping. Leaping. <laughs> Sacrifice. Offerings. It's actually, we were just speaking about it now. Martin, maybe you can come up and just share what you were, think, what you were feeling. But I, I felt the Lord lead me to. This is, can I say, guys, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to go off what I'm feeling the Lord here. <laughs> and pick apart from what, my notes what's needed. But I, but I do feel like there's something, somewhat of that this morning. If you've actually, you've stood here this morning and you've kind of, okay, I've seen the crazy bunch in front there and they, they love lifting their hands and, you know, raising a shout unto the Lord. And well, I guess that's for them and not for me. I want to I wanna actually just put something before us this morning. <laughs> that actually, you know, when, when the presence was brought back into Jerusalem, what preceded the ark was David. <laughs> In, in, in many ways, what they would call reckless abandonment. There was a, there was a joy, there was a worship that was happening, that it was, it was dancing, it was leaping before God. <laughs> it was like, he didn't care what people thought. He did not care. <laughs> the presence was coming back into the place that it was supposed to be, the place that he prepared for it. A beautiful picture, actually, as we prepare something, um, a household, like this, a spiritual house that God can come and dwell by His Spirit. Beautiful picture of actually what happens to us when we come to know God, too. You see the pattern? And actually what happens is, Saul's daughter, I don't know how to pronounce her name, similar to mine, Michal, I think it is, um, actually looks, peers out her window and goes, and, and um, I'm trying to remember the exact words, but it says something about she despised him in, his, in her heart because he, he was dancing before God like this. He said, you're making, an, you're making an embarrassment of yourself, really. You know, this is not how it's supposed to be. And actually, what, we know the story, but what ended up happening is a, bar, a barrenness came over him. Can I say, if worship feels dry for you, maybe there's a barrenness of the heart. That actually, we've come to a place that we, well, it's f- look, you can do that. But for me, I worship God like this. Have we asked God how He would like to be worshipped? Maybe that's the question I would like to leave with you. Have we asked God how He would like to be worshipped? <laughs> can, I, can I pick up on one more? <laughs> Sometimes hard to be the, the guy in front that, you know, but... Uh, uh, I'm starting to recognize that even people start to pick the same seats. <laughs> and so I, w- I actually came from, a, I came from a, a Uncle Ivan. He's preached here once before. But he would regularly go and find the people that stuck to their seats and go, Hey, have you recognized, Tammy, that you sat there in that exact same seat for the last three weeks? Come with me. <laughs> he would literally drag them to the other side because actually what's happening in the flesh it cannot afford to happen within the spiritual. Do not get stuck. Do not get stuck. I'm so far off my notes. I don't know where we can go from here. 
But I do believe, I do believe we're actually following some, somewhat of the, the vein in God this morning. Is that uh, there's little housekeeping things that actually God's wanting to, to pinpoint. <laughs> I felt God told me, oh, I didn't, let me rephrase that. I didn't feel God told me. I wanted to, with everything in my flesh, put a message out into the church group yesterday already going, despite the rugby score, it would be lovely if you joined us at church. <laughs> and I just felt like, yeah, that's the flesh. And I could feel it waging war against my spirit. And actually, you can't teach devotion. You can't teach people where, you d- where they don't want to go. Lay it down. In, their pres- in your presence, God, you will change. But there are some things that actually he's positioned for us to walk in. And I wanted to see that, you know, as we come to God, singular. He's building us into a spiritual house. He's joining us. He's, we are being built together. And to another scripture um, to put this in perspective is Ephesians 2.19. says, so then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And we've seen this actually so cool in church, uh, this is church recently. I think it was the last, on the apostolic, the third session, where it said actually that, um, that the apostles and the prophets are laying a foundation, but everything needs to align to the cornerstone. Jesus being the cornerstone. <laughs> and the, um, Paul would say that uh, he's laid a foundation and someone else is building on it. Okay, and so we need to make sure that what we're putting into the ground, the stakes that we're putting into the ground, are on the very foundation that he's put down. Otherwise, we've lost the plot. We're building on someone else's territory, and we need to be careful of that. So, and it says, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by His Spirit. Some would say God to dwell by His Spirit. And um, I prefer this. Um, this is ESV. It's a literal translation where it said by God, uh, uh, for God, by the Spirit. Because it, this will be a work of God. <laughs> when He joins people together that are so different and from so many different walks, and He puts them all in the same room, it will need to be God, <laughs> because there will be so much flesh fighting against flesh. And, uh, and uh, so we need to make sure that actually we are no longer remaining strangers. And I wanted to use an analogy here, but I actually don't know who I can pick on. Um, maybe I shouldn't pick on someone. Call. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't call. Yeah. <laughs> Won't you stand quickly? Does anyone know what his favorite food is? Melinda, you're not allowed to say anything. Eh? <laughs> Do you know what, uh, what his greatest interests are? What? Right. We're starting to see some sort of connection. Okay, that's awesome. What is his favorite food? Did I ask that already? Sorry. What is his favorite book in the Bible? What's his spiritual gift? Why is he here? Does anyone know why Carl's here? <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. <laughs> but I, I hope that's a... Eh? I hope it's a good analogy. It's because actually we, we, if we can't play church... It's not what we do, it's who we are. It has to be who we are. You can sit. Thanks, Barry. Unless you like to stand and <laughs> dance, leap, whatever you want to do. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is the firm foundation. This is the foundation that we are to build off. There is no other foundation. This is the one that's been laid. We're still building, hopefully, on the foundation that was laid all those years ago. And an easy one for us to check is, well, is it in line? Actually, is it in line? Lord Jesus, where, where do you, is it in line with the cornerstone? And that's, our, that's the very governing factor of how we make sure that we are still on track, that we are not building on someone else's plot. <laughs> that we would be a dwelling place for our God. That God is with us. It's evident that God is with us. But there's certain things that we can do to get in the way of that. 
um, Andrew would always say, you know, um, if God is with us, who can be against us? You know, beautiful thought. But if God is against you, who's going to stand with you? You know? And uh, we were actually saying, was it, I think it was Cindy, we were speaking about it this morning, you know? It's like, um, actually, no, it was your friend. Sorry, I've forgotten your name. But um, we were saying, you know, no fakeness, man. No, just just the authentic. If if there's something authentic, you know, that we don't play church and then all of us, you know, the hard conversations we just brush over because those aren't so lucky, you know. It's not good for church attendance because all of a sudden the guys aren't coming anymore. Actually, the very hardest conversations, the, the, the hardest conversations I've had with people, the very thing that actually brings them close. Very thing that brings them close. We had one, it wasn't hard, but it was, it was a good conversation two, three, two, two weeks ago. Eh? And it just, it did feel like actually, you know, we, we were like this before. And we didn't really, you know, like, I love you, bro, but we, and then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's, this is like a linking of arms. It's like, oh, bro, you, you've, caught, you've caught my heart. <laughs> there's, there's something that actually I can, and he, I get a message from him later in the week, you know, bro, I just want to, I just so want to thank you for, for what you and Stace and the rest of the guys have, have, have done. My, my life hasn't been the same. How can I help? What do you want me to put my hand to? How do I? I wonder if, that, if I'd ever receive a message if I actually didn't go into just bare heart. Like, Corbus, I believe there's so much more in God for you, bro. And I'm gonna be, I'll be that guy that's going to push into the uncomfortable space and go, come on, bro, come on. You might not like me for, for a while, but there'll be something. I hope that there'll be something that will come from it. Hmm. Are we willing to have hard conversations? <clears throat> and so, picking up in the, be- in the beginning there again, it's no longer strangers and aliens. And so God's put some things in place for us, and we started with the verse, and we'll go back there now, but it's important for us to see that actually His desire is for us to be together. This individualistic thing of building my life on my own, and I can tell you right now, it's so much easier. It's so much easier, but it's far less fruitful. It's far less fruitful, and actually, just like the the illustration we would use in marriage, you know, if you want to follow Jesus with everything in you, don't get married. If you want to be like Jesus, get married. Huh? It's like a refining process. And so often, so often, you're like, Lord Jesus, from glory to glory, it's like you're taking me by your spirit. Yeah? But we like, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 27, 7. I think I've got it there somewhere. Iron sharpens iron. No, I don't do that. You know? We, do, we like, we want the glory to glory, but there's uh, the, the iron sharpening iron, and that's an uncomfortable thought for me. <laughs> it's... it's Lord Jesus, by your spirit, just do it. He's positioned people to rub you up the wrong way sometimes. <laughs> so that actually you can be refined to the point where you need to um, start to look a little bit more like him. And actually the attributes that you think are the most irritating in that other person are the very attributes you probably need to work on. And, uh, and the things that they're struggling with, vice versa. And you walk away from that actually ha- having learned something out of the situation, going, oh my goodness, you know. Before God, I had no heart for that person. I literally did it out of duty. But actually, as I've started to do it, I've, there's something I've devoted myself to here. It's like, oh, I just want to spend time with that person, you know. And I, I can say it's like one of the most um, beautiful things when people walk into the church for the first time and they would be able to look at a crowd of people that are totally different like different ages, different backgrounds, different, <laughs> and, and actually be able to go, wow, something reflects Jesus here. Something reflects Jesus here. So don't despise our differences. It's just like, how, go, how does God want to use you? <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm trying to tie this all together, Lord Jesus, please. One of the questions that might be arising in your heart, well, wouldn't then be Sundays be just be enough, you know? <laughs> Aren't Sundays enough? Like, I'm already giving my Sunday, you know? And generally, you go on too long, Mike, and we end up preaching, you know, and then it's one o'clock, and we haven't had lunch, and I want to just remind us of that scripture that we started with. All, all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
They were selling their possessions, belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their day, um, sorry, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. Day by day. <laughs> we complain about a Sunday being two hours, and you go, oh, my goodness. We need to be those who will carry the presence of God outside of the times that we've allotted to God. And we need to be those who are consecrated before Him, constantly carrying, constantly praising, constantly laying things down, constantly bringing our offerings. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's not what we do, it's who we are. Is this making sense? Okay, cool. And so, aren't Sundays good enough? And I think it's Acts 2.44. We're basing this almost off one scripture here this morning. Three scriptures, um, if you've got it there. And all who were believed, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So Carl started to come to community. Awesome. Um, but he's not attending all the time. Tammy, how much do you know that you've got in common with Carl? Well, because it's not that common. I mean, it's not, you, you're, you're not together. Okay, so there's some, uh, the analogy I'm trying to use here is actually, as we are together, you start to learn more about one another. As you position yourselves next to the person and actually start to inquire, this takes something of ourselves. Eh? It's actually, Carl, so what do you enjoy? Because he can also walk in and we can do community, and it can be what we do and not who we are, and he'll sit there for a year. And at the end of it, you go, oh, he's like, why are you here? You know? <laughs> and actually, it needs to be, they were together. They had all things in common. You can't know what's, what you have in common if you're not together. And so there needs to be, that's why it cannot just be a Sunday. It cannot be a Sunday, just a Sunday. These are important. We, we, we can, there'll be a certain measure of His unity amongst us as we gather. There'll be a one-heartedness, a one-mind, one purpose. Hopefully, <laughs> there'll be a measure of that. But actually, the authentic community that gets built is within living a lifestyle where we are with one another, in one another's homes, eating together, sharing conversation, good and bad, getting to know one another, having fun together. That one, I think it's probably actually one of the, I often would say, you know, um, what makes you a little bit naughty? You know, I remember actually <laughs> with this guy, we led a community with Mike and Tam once. I remember getting to know them, and my, one of my love languages is just like, just, just be a little bit naughty, okay? Like uh, I would say we are made in the image of God, right? What makes me want to throw a stone onto someone else's head when I, I guarantee you, as Jesus was probably walking through with the disciples, I'm just making a, just a, this isn't in the Bible, okay? But at some point during his walk, he probably looked at Peter in front there, you know, always leading the charge, and was like, you know, and he took a little, you know. I, just a, something that's, something I've had a thought behind. It's like, man, that can't only be, you know, my, my sinful nature. I think sometimes there's an image of, uh, we're made in the image of God. It's like something, something in him is also fun, fun-loving. It must be fun to follow Jesus, man. He's a life-giver, <laughs> He's the one that gave you your personality, or didn't, <laughs> depending on who you are. I'm not sure we can pray, pray for the things like that, but yeah. And uh, so authentic community is built, sorry, I was using that, the, the story of Mike. We were, we were still getting to know him, and I thought, yeah, you know, the easiest way to get to know someone quickly is to see how fast you can push them quickly. So I remember, he like, you may see the back of his bucky. I mean, we're even packing things for church sometimes. We're putting banners and flags. I mean, that you could eat off the back of his bucky. It's beautiful. Uh, it's his pride and his joy, you know, and Tammy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I remember actually surfing with him once. I don't know if he remembers this, but he would go, you know, where we would get dressed on our little change mat and taking our wetsuit off and a little sand would get in here and there. Uh, he would literally walk from here to, I don't know how far, to go get changed on a little piece of concrete so that his wetsuit wouldn't get dirty. I love that about you, bro. And I remember seeing him do this, and I still had a city golf at that point. And actually, I'd already, I'm like, I'm not done. Man. I'm on to the next thing. Let's go already, you know. And I checked this out. He's meticulously taking his suit off, like, 
And I remember reversing my, <laughs> reversing my golf, but at a speed, like, like this, getting all the way to where Mike was, and we were in a, one of those proper gravel parking lots. And as I was still going backwards, I popped it into first and just put my foot down. <laughs> I couldn't see him. <laughs> Everything he was trying to achieve in terms of stones and dust and stuff all over his car and his wetsuit and everything else, I wrecked in a moment. And I thought, right, now let's see how he responds to this. You know? And I actually remember driving away. Maybe this is too far. I remember driving away, and, and Mike had just put, <laughs> he just put his undies over his ankles. You know, just, and, he's, and he was standing there going like, he wasn't even looking at me. He's just shaking his head. He's still got his towel on. And he's literally hitting the stones out, from, out of his undies. <laughs> and I thought, yes, this is cool. You know, if we go past this moment, we're going to be best friends. You know? <laughs> and... Uh, and, and I, you know, I don't know if we're going to get that just on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who he is on just on a Sunday. There's a sense that we put our, our Sunday best on and we arrive. And, and actually, um, you know, we, we're not allowed to share life stories like that of how we actually be, uh, beginned, beginned, began to be built together, you know. And sure, they, they, we, we've gone so much further because actually it's God in us that's joined us. That's first priority. But man, I want to know who he is, what he enjoys, what gets him riled. You know? <laughs> and what his gift is. Because I stand up front here and I go, oh Jesus, I know this needs to happen, but this is definitely not what you've given to me. Or someone walks in and goes, yes, I'm sickling with this at the moment. I, I really just, I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hoarder. I don't know how to say no to when someone just gives me stuff the whole time. Hey, Mike, meet this guy, you know? <laughs> he doesn't know how to keep his place clean. Meet this guy. He doesn't know what dirt is, <laughs> you know? And, then, and there's that, um, that might be a drastic, you know, that might, that might be holding a match to a, to a gas tank. But, uh, but uh, I hope you get the analogy that there's actually, we need to be aware of what each of us are carrying. So that actually, in light of God, people can move forward in the giftings they have. That actually, if we truly recognize that each of us are called to carry the presence, and that we are a priesthood of believers, well, then our, our duty is to actually minister unto God. And it will not be about Sunday best and the one guy that gets to hold this thing. But it comes down to actually everyone playing their part. And we know what happens when that takes place, because it's, it was happening in, the, in Acts 2. And so I'm going to touch on four things that happen within community, and then we wanna, I just want to make a quick announcement. I want to go through these quickly. It's a place where everyone contributes. So outside of a Sunday, it is really hard for each one to be able to contribute. It really is. And to not lose the vein of what God is doing here amongst us this morning. It would be very hard. Even in a prayer meeting, it's hard to keep direction. Okay, cool, God, we're going to pray into um, that your faith would arise. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the mercy hearted amongst us. Faith arising, what's going on here? Okay, let's just bring that back, you know. That's just a prayer meeting. Now we want to open that up to everyone on a Sunday. It'll be a real challenge for us. <laughs> it won't be done in two hours, I can tell you that much. And so it's a place where everyone can actually contribute. And so the, one of the cool pictures of this is, it's like, what does the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee have in common? Water. Yes, that thank you, Captain Obvious. Um, <laughs> but they no, it's that actually they both are fed by the Jordan. Their source is the Jordan, the River of Jordan. But the Dead Sea doesn't have an outlet. That's why it's dead. And the same happens within us, is if we just go week on week in church. And actually, Donnie continues to pack out the chairs, because maybe that's what he feels God has given to him for now. But actually, what God's called him to is to preach in front of us one day. <laughs> but that gets formed within, well, I get to know him. I know what his gifts are. I know what his, I've, it'll take us 10 years in church to find that out, unless I'm extremely intentional with my time. 
it's in community that those things start to come to life. It's start to, we get to know one another, we're together, we're in each other's space. So it's a place where actually there's an outflow. People get to share and to give. It's never about even just the person leading comp. It's actually about a, a contribution as we come together. Intimacy is fostered. So we would say this relationships are forged. <laughs> relationships are forged through fellowship. And that's the part that I was talking about, that we go from glory to glory, but it will be that iron sharpens iron. And we need both. We need to be moving forward in God, but recognizing that the Lord will use and place you amongst people that will, that will sharpen you. And that's, that's actually so that you can become a useful tool in His hand. <laughs> that we're not a blunt axe trying to hammer away at something that actually a, uh, a toothpick is supposed to do. You know? I don't know if it was a great analogy, but anyway. Um, and can I say this, it, it won't be a community, why we use, uh, so when I say community, I'm talking about cell groups, small groups, um, that's the very thing that we, we're trying to get across here this morning, is that it's a community, that we would be a community of believers, and um, that it wouldn't only just happen in a greater church setting, but in smaller in-homes. Um, it will not just be a Bible study. It won't be a Bible study. It's devoted, they devoted themselves to the apostolic teaching, Yes most definitely, and we will do that. But it's also to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, to the prayers. Sometimes we're just going to bride together. Because actually, uh, sometimes if, if Carl brings chicken to the bride, I'm probably not going to invite him again. I'm just kidding. I really, I'm just kidding. We often have a thing, you know, don't bring frozen chicken breast to a bride. <laughs> it's, Unless, you, unless you're looking for conversation, you know. But, but there's a sense of actually as we bride together, this fellowship that's happening amongst us, we cannot downplay that. We're called to be devoted to it as much as the apostles' teaching and to the breaking of bread, remembering, remember that I died for you. Remember my body. Remember my blood that was shed. It's like when those moments happen, it's like the very throne room is opened and you realize, okay, why are we doing this again? Remember, <laughs> it won't just be a Bible study. Often, one of the most asked questions is like, when are we going to go through the Bible? We will go through the Bible. Often we would say, you know, what is teach from the pulpit becomes concrete in communities. It's actually, it goes from a place where, well, we heard it, to actually doing it. So it's often discussed, and it goes through the various kind of, we wrestle through something, and then we actually start to live it. And we change to be more like Jesus. Culture is enriched, okay, intentional behind a smaller group. Um, and the, the intentionality behind a smaller group is actually, it's even in a worldly sense, it's been shown that smaller groups have an incredible impact on larger groups. Smaller groups are, most of the time, are responsible for large movements. You just have to look at some of the revivals. A couple, couple of tannies praying on a, and all of a sudden it's like nations are being changed. Boom. <laughs> Ephesians, sorry, Philippians 4 verse 9. We're going to end with this. <clears throat> what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. It's like Paul's just going, you've heard it. Okay, you've seen it. And so, so there, there's a sense that now you've heard me, but if you're not seeing it play out within my life, well, then there, there might be a little bit of a disconnect. So it's so much easier to follow someone when they say, hey, this is what we need to do. Follow me. I'm going to do it. Will you do it with me? And actually, that's the response of everyone who's supposed to be leading. You're not leading unless someone's following you. Godly values are taught and modeled. Uh, it's very hard to see someone I would consider, you know, Mike and Ashan, be incredible actually just in the way that they've raised their kids. And they'll be the first ones to go, no, look, we messed up in certain areas. But as we are raising our, our um, uh, Judah through things that we do not know how to do, uh, we would, you know, we would often just watch Mike and Shan as to how they would deal with him or deal with their own kids or seek advice and maybe they're, you know, they're not the best example right now only because their kids are way older and it's maybe not as 
um, easy for me to, to, uh, to watch and go, Sheesh, how do we get them from this you know, to there? But there's principles and there's things that they have learned and established within their own kids. And they've trained them up in a certain way. There's a track record to look back upon and go, wow, they got something right. And, and so they can teach me in that. And, and so there's godly marriages. Marriages that have actually have, despite the, the trials, have weathered the storms well and come out on the other side booming. Um, and so there's those amongst us where we may not have that yet. Stace and I are still challenged with certain things. We're still figuring out how to, how to walk this and how to still be a good example, but how to be real and let people know how we're really doing, but how to lead a church at the same time. We don't have all the answers. But I know these guys have gone through this very thing and who we can lean into. It's a beautiful thing. And so as, as we gather like this, Maybe your kids, you feel like a tyrants, <laughs> but as they get to, as you get together and there's a Mike and Shan there, they can actually, it takes a village to raise a family and they would be able to go, okay, cool. Uh, first of all, do we have permission, you know, we don't want to take it upon ourselves and just discipline your kids, but is there something that, you know, reach to people and actually go, I seen there's a track record. I'm not taking ground in this area. We position next to you guys. Won't you help me with this? And so there's godly marriages, there's godly parenting. There are values being taught and modeled. Stewardship and finances and time, we, we, are, we touched on that last week. How do we do that well? How do we not just throw our money into holes and, and have no money for, for the things of God and extending His household? Accountability, this is what we touched on last week, which actually I felt was, was the Lord putting His finger on now, what we're about to discuss. Accountability, a trust is formed, and we, we become close enough with one another that there's even the very blind spots, you know, the places we don't think we have, it's because of blind spots. Uh, that's what Andrew said. <laughs> and people who are close enough to you can actually just go, uh, Mike, you know, you're an incredible worship leader, but when you go off on your own tangent, bro, sometimes you just, just be aware of what God's doing. I'm not saying, you know. But, but uh, people who are positioned close enough to be able to go, hey, but I love you so much that I'm willing to tell you that actually there's something that actually further down the line and what God's calling you to could derail you from what actually he's wanting to do or make you less effective. And by bringing this to you and pointing this out, I'm hoping that actually the vessel that he's made you to be would be one that is useful, that actually, does it make sense? 